with Tiata Dishmaya, let's continue on our lessons of meeting with the King of Kings. What a privilege that we are his children and we can actually talk to our God and talk to our King and talk to our everything. And we're learning how to even get closer and closer and closer to Gadosh Baruch Hu and Bezat Hashem, Hashem will help us. For those that yearn to be close to Him, Hashem will open all the gates so that they can attain that closeness. But a person has to really yearn for it. And so today let's talk about that you should know today and bring it into your heart. And so we explained in the previous year that our lives must be primarily focused on Emunah. Even if, if you awaken in the middle of the night and you and, 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 and ask you, you ask yourself, while your mind is still blurry, what's the purpose of life? Your instinctive answer must be emuna. So even without needing to think about it, this fact must be so deeply implanted in your heart that it becomes part of you. So in the previous year we began we began to explain the concept of emuna. And so now let's let's go in and let's develop it a little bit further. In general, there are two ways to gain knowledge about something. You can know about it or you can experience it. And for example, if a blind person is handed an object to feel, he can't see it. He just feels it through his sense of touch. And after he touches and feels it, he knows there's an object. If the object were not there, he would have not felt it. If so, his initial awareness of the object comes from his sense of touch which conveys specific information about the object. So in this case, he attains both kinds of knowledge, the intellectual and the experiential. And the intellectual knowledge results from the sensory experience. So how do we begin to know that there is a creator? So is it from the sense of touch or from intellectual knowledge that arrives through a different medium? We know that Hashem has no body or resemblance to a body. And we certainly cannot touch him. So therefore, first learn of him through intellectual knowledge. And how do we attain that intellectual knowledge? There are two ways. First of all, we have a chain of tradition from our ancestors, generation after generation, reaching back to the revelation at Sinai. We are believers, the children of believers. And in fact, our tradition stretches even further back, all the way to Abraham Avinu and to further to Abraham Arishon. Adam shown. Secondly, if you were born in the desert and you didn't know that, that you were Jewish, you could still ponder as Abraham Avinu did and come to the realization that nothing comes into being by itself. So there has to be a creator. And there's two kinds of proof, tradition and deduction. Generate intellectual knowledge of the creator. So since we cannot feel the creator, this intellectual knowledge is not like that of a blind man who discovers an object by feeling it. So rather, we attain this knowledge by working directly with the intellect. But we should, we should stop here? Should we stop there? No. Should this kind of knowledge continue to be the entire basis of our Torah, mitzvot, and acts of kindness? No. Or perhaps it's merely the starting point. And from there on, it must intensify until we can somehow feel Hashem. So yet, how can we talk about feeling Hashem? Hashem said to Moshe, no man can see me and live. We cannot even see or hear Hashem and even the prophets who did hear him did not touch him. So clearly we didn't mean to imply that you can feel Hashem with your hands, but that you can feel him with your heart. This is the real essence of Emunah. We will, we will now let's, let's go into the foundation of this concept so we can build an edifice around this. 
We all possess basic intellectual knowledge regarding matters of emuna. But how often do we think of it? How often? Most people do, don't spend any time thinking even about the basic fact that the world has a creator. People don't even actually think about divine providence. They, they assume, everyone assumes that we already know it all. We know it. So when we speak of this kind of thought, we refer to two aspects. Number one, the awareness itself that there is a creator. And number two, the frequency and quality of this thought. And to assure that our knowledge of the creator doesn't remain only intellectual, but it's transformed into a palpable sense of Hashem's existence, we have to frequently think, there is a creator who created me. And this is the way to move from merely grasping this fact with our minds to feeling it with our hearts. And this is what the Torah means in the command, and you shall know today and bring it into your heart that Hashem is the supreme being in the heavens above and on the earth below. There is no other. And what does this tell us? So first of all, there is the level of you shall know today, which is intellectual knowledge. And after that, there's a level of and you should bring into your heart. And that does not refer to lofty feelings like during prayers during Shabbat. You know, but the heart has to be ready, already feeling that Hashem is the true reality. And so now let's explain this level and, and let's expound on it. Bezat Hashem Dishmaya, may Hashem help us to attain experiential emunah, which is a kind that it's sensed in the heart. Bezrat Hashem. There is a law with regard to Shita, which is slaughtering an animal, that the knife must be checked for small nicks. And the poskim, halachic authorities, mentioned that the sensitivity needed to catch these nicks is dependent upon the discernment of the heart. If the shochet passes his hands over the blade, but his mind is elsewhere, he won't be particularly sensitive to the existing nicks. So to feel the nick in the knife, he has to be mamish 100% focused on just that single matter. The more focused he is, the more he will be attuned to the subtle sense of a nick in the knife. So, the senses of the heart with which we are familiar are love, hatred, anger, and so on. And these emotions that inwardly, which, which do, move us. And so, a person likes something and is drawn after it. Or to the contrary, let's say a person fears it or hates it. And so, we distance ourselves from it. And all of these are feelings of the heart. But when the feeling, the, the knife, when, a, when the shochet is feeling the knife, the heart senses in an entirely different manner. Discerning whether or not the knife has a nick has nothing to do with love or fear. It's the ability to sense if something, in this case, a nick exists. So the sensitivity of the hand is not strictly in the hand. Ultimately, it stems from the heart. The person really feels with his heart, not with his hand. The hand is merely a tool for transmitting the feelings to the heart. But the real sensitivity to the existence of a thing lies in the heart. And normally, we can sense things by touching them with our hands. But sensing Hashem is altogether different. The Pasuk says, God is the rock of my heart and my portion forever. Although we can't mentally understand Hashem, He can be revealed in our hearts. And the Bilvavi Mishkan Evnei Lechadal Kevodo, In my heart, I shall build a sanctuary for the majesty of His glory. And Hashem is present in the heart of every single yid. 
every single one of us when it says they shall make for me a mikdash and i will dwell within them it means that he will dwell in the heart of each and every one of us and this sense the ability to sense hashem in the heart is not related to the hands it is inherent ability the heart senses its own existence and through that senses the presence of hashem there are things that you perceive that are external to you for example when you want to perceive a chair table house you have to perceive it through sight or touch right so let's say you ask someone if he has a leg or not and he responds in the affirmative and when you ask him how do you know he says i saw it or my father told me or something is wrong with him right so it must be that his leg is paralyzed because he can't feel it so does he needs to see it or to be told of it if a proudly person has a leg he feels his leg as part of his own being and similarly the heart sense in two ways either it perceives something external to it or something that is part of its own being and Hashem who is the rock of my heart and my portion forever is part of our very existence on the pasuk I am asleep but my heart is awake Hazal says who is the heart of the Jewish people it's the creator of the world and certainly we cannot feel Hashem with our hands because he's not found outside of us rather he can be found in an inner place in the heart and to feel Hashem in the heart to attain emunah in the heart so that you feel his existence you must really really sense your own existence and through that you can sense Hashem and so as long as you don't sense Hashem you are like a person who doesn't sense your own hand as in the example that we spoke about previously it's a dead limb has for shalom and one does not sense the creator and the creator are disconnected from each other then you would feel connected to Hashem you would feel like him like like you feel like your own hand food or other limbs like that a person shouldn't sense a creator that means because if, if that's the case that means that you're disconnected so the path to achieving this requires a lot of explanation but first we have to understand that we are trying to create what is the simple element of faith that the Safara Makedoshim expounded upon of which Habakkuk spoke when he said the righteous man lives through his emunah the Prophet wasn't talking about mental knowledge but the inner essence of every Jew which is in my heart I shall build a sanctuary a person must sense that Hashem and the Jewish people are one one unity so just as you sense your own hands and legs you must sense Hashem so it's advisable to review this and contemplate it again and again and again and again and again okay because we're going to speak about it from many different angles because in this way we can identify our current level of emuna and the next level that we need to obtain so the emuna with which we are familiar with is the emuna which which we were raised and the fundamentals that we were taught it is an intellectual emuna and the creator but in order to know Hashem in the heart to really feel him we cannot suffice that what we have heard from others each person each of us has to exert ourselves to achieve it and the question you have to ask what degree of imuna have we achieved what kind of imuna does Hashem expect from from me from every one of us so as long as you don't grasp the imuna of which the Habakkuk spoke you will not grasp the goal you might hear a talk about imuna and another one and you could think that emunah means this 
when has shalom, one has no livelihood, or there are illnesses or other problems that one must strengthen his faith and believe that Hashem is good and bestows goodness. Hashem knows what He's doing, and everything is from Hashem. So certainly, all this is true, and all these are basic principles of emunah. But you must understand that we are lacking the fundamental basis for properly feeling such emuna. And so emuna and divine providence is in the goodness of Hashem's actions and in His love and concern for all of us are part of the next stage. But before all that, you must sense that Hashem is part of you. And then you can easily come to feel His love. The mere knowledge of Hashem's love and concern based on the relevant Pesukim will not instill the feeling of these truths. You must, there must be an inner recognition that Hashem is part of your being, so to speak. So just as one who has an injury in his leg will care for it, so does Hashem necessarily care for every single Jew. And this awareness is going to come from the heart's ability to sense Hashem as part of your being. And if you contemplate this, you'll see how utterly simple it is. But yet how much, how much Sayyid Sa'ara succeeds in concealing from us these basic aspects of our avoda. He encourages us to run forward, telling us, you already have emunah. Now, you must only learn Torah, fulfill the mitzvah, don't worry, you know emunah, you already have it, you believe, you believe, you know. And in this way, he uses the 613 mitzvot for his own ends. So, of course, you have to learn Torah. And, of course, the Torah is the root of everything. But you must sense who gave the Torah. It's not merely intellectual, but has to be in your heart. The Midrash speaks about the Torah as Hashem's daughter, with whom he absolutely refuses to part. The Zohar Kadosh says, Hashem, the Torah, and Israel are one unity. So, when one who, when one who has truly worked on his emunah, really worked on it, learns Torah, his heart feels attached to Hashem. And he, he discovers that this three-stranded thread of Hashem, the Torah and Israel in oneness, he, he feels it. But if a person approaches the Torah with a heart that is has shalom, separate from Hashem, because he only mentally and intellectually only knows of the Creator based on tradition or proofs and has no sense of connection, then how can he sense that Hashem is one with the Torah? Nothing can connect you to your Creator more than the Torah. But this connection primarily depends on your ability to sense in your heart that the Torah is really joined with Hashem. And in some, you have to know that the purpose of life is emunah. You have to review and repeat this fact countless, countless, numerous thousands of times. After all, it says that the righteous man lives through his faith. So to forget, that is to forget life itself. You have to understand which emunah is meant by this. Not intellectual emunah. Not emunah that's considered once in a while. But constant emunah in the heart. And this is also not the kind of emunah that's a feeling of excitement and emotion. But a grasp of the reality of Hashem is the rock of my heart and my portion forever. Once you attain this experiential awareness in your heart that you are joined with Hashem, you will be able to fulfill the entire Torah. Hashem, Bezat Hashem, help us so that these matters can be clearly understood properly. And this is not merely Musar or philosophy. It's literally the truth. Mamish is the truth about life. Bezat Hashem, may we be privileged to truly, truly please Hashem. So now I want to talk about, uh, let's talk about, because we have Baruch Hashem, we have tomorrow, we have a fast, the 10th of Tevis. 
I want to talk about a little bit about this fast so, so we can have an idea and have a kadana, a kadana for it because it's very important that we bring an awareness, especially now during these times that we're in, that there's an awareness about everything that's happening because I don't know about you, but I can tell you that everything that's happening right now, ever since, ever since Simcha Torah is perfectly aligned in a loudspeaker voice typed with our weekly parsha and our Torah. Before, people would see it. People that really wanted to see would see their life in the parsha. But now, a, a person has to be literally not wanting to see the connection between the parsha and what's happening in our life, what's happening in the world, in the whole world during each parsha. So let's talk about, so we understand what, uh, about the tenth of Tevez. And this is brought down by Hagayon, Rabbi Itamar Schwartz. Okay, so the absence of seeing of Shem and creation, it's not coincidental, not that the fast of Asarat Beteves, the 10th of the month of Tevets, it's also during the 10th month of the year. So the significance of the number 10 is found in many places. There's a mitzvah for a person to give Maser, to tithe his crops and animals to the Levi and the Kohen. The holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, is on the 10th of Tishrei. Abraham Avinu was tested with 10 trials. And the Jewish people endured 10 trials in Egypt. And what's the root of all this? The Mishnah in Avos says that the world was created with 10 expressions of Hashem. And that was how the world was created. But what's the purpose of it all? It's to recognize that the one who made it all, how do we recognize him? Through mitzvot, tefillah, and perfecting our midot. These are all the tools. But what's the goal? What's the goal? To recognize him completely, to have the vacas in him. As the Messiah Shayam writes in the beginning, so the world was created through ten expressions, and the purpose of all of creation is for creations to become close and attached to him. Close and in the vacas to Hashem. So the purpose of the world is manifest in the dimensions of time, space, and soul. So in time, the purpose of the world is revealed in Yom Kippur when all sins are forgiven. When everyone becomes purified and the purpose of this purification is that all of the creations can be close to Hashem. So at what time does a person feel closest to Hashem? Some people can feel the closeness during a, a, the time of turbulent emotions, like in the time of, of, of Simcha or during a Hasra Shalom, a troublesome time. But the time when almost all people feel close to Hashem is on Yom Kippur. And where's the place in the world where the purpose of creation was revealed? Where is the place? It was by the Besamidash that there was a person who could clearly sense Hashem. Our sages said that when a person entered the Besamidash, he could feel clearly that he was standing in Hashem's presence. In our own times, people can also feel this closeness of feeling Hashem's presence on varying levels. And some feel it more and some feel it less. But in those times in the Besamidash, everyone felt it clearly. The Vilna Gayon says that we have no comprehension of the level of even the simplest Jew then. And furthermore, there were 10 miracles that took place every day in the Bektamikdash. There was a unique revelation of Torah that came forth from there. For from Zion comes forth the Torah and the word of Hashem from Yerushalayim. And this was a continuation of the revelations that took place on Arsinai when the Torah was given. Har Amariah, the mountain where the Bes Amikdash rested on, was a continuation of the light of the Torah, which Hashem revealed on Arsinai. It was 
in that place. It was that place that, that revealed Hashem's presence so clearly in this world. And everyone who entered the Bet Namidash was able to sense clearly what was important and what wasn't. And what was the main part of life is and why we exist. What we are living for and what our purpose is. So this revelation wasn't only limited to the Bet Namidash. An illumination of it spread to the rest of Yushalayim and also to the rest of Eretz Yisrael. Offshoots of it could be felt at the other ends of the world. The closer a person got to the Bet Hamidash, the closer he felt to Hashem. And this was known as the event of Aliyah Leregel, ascending by foot on the festivals to the Bet Hamidash. Hazal says Yerushalayim was the highest of the lands, which means that it was the highest spiritual peak of the world. But it also meant that a person who went there would ascend on a soul level. It was the place in the world where the purpose of creation was revealed. The closeness to Hashem there was felt clearly in the soul as a simple feeling of the heart. And that was the case in the times when the Bet HaMidash stood. In the beginning of destruction of the Bet HaMidash took place on the 10th of Tevez. The Bet HaMidash, the Bet Yosef wrote that if the 10th of Tevez would fall out on Shabbat, it would be observed even on Shabbat. What is the great spiritual significance of this fast day? There was a deep, very deep destruction that took place on this day. It was the beginning of the destruction of a place in the world where the purpose of creation was revealed. It signified the beginning of an event where we could no longer go to a place in the world where the clarity of Hashem's presence was felt, where the purpose of creation was revealed. Certainly the purpose of creation can still be revealed even in our own times, but it became very hidden since the beginning of the destruction of the Bet Hamidash, which took place on the 10th of Tevet. To, to illustrate this idea, we know that all creation came from Hashem's word. And the times of the Bet Hamidash, the person could sense Hashem so clearly that even when he viewed a simple creation in front of him, he saw how it came from Hashem. And one saw the light outside and was aware that the light comes from Hashem's light, which he created on the first day. One was able to see then how the water, the earth, the sky, the sun, the moon, the heavens, and all of the stars in it, the plants, mountains, animals, and all the people in the world, all of creation comes from Hashem, from the ten expressions that he used to create the world. And today, when we see all of this, we don't see it at all as the expression of Hashem. We just see a world in front of us at face value. And that's the meaning of the destruction of the Bet HaMidash. When the Bet HaMidash was destroyed, it was not merely, not only a massive burning and an obliteration of edifice of many stones, it was a destruction of all that the Bet HaMidash stood for. This, the beginning of the tragedies took place on the 10th of Tebes because the purpose of the creation went into hiding on this day. It was no longer revealed clearly in the world. And instead, it went into a concealed, hidden state. The tent of Tevez is about the destruction of the spiritual realm that used to exist clearly in creation. And today, the spiritual revelation is hidden. A simple, average Jew in the times of the Bet Hamidash could feel it. Today, the average Jew cannot. The Chofetz Haim wrote many important sefarim such as Chofetz Haim and Shmira Salashon which had many novel halachot on the laws of permitted and forbidden speech. He also wrote the monumental work Mishnah Brura which explains many aspects of daily halacha but he also wrote a sefer on the laws of Kochim detailing the laws of the sacrifices of Avoda in the Bet Hamidash which he wrote for Kohanim so that the Kohanim can know the halachot of the Avoda in the Bet Hamidash. He said that he wrote this safer because the arrival of Mashiach was imminent and that Kohanim should therefore be prepared for the halachot. He had a very clear emuna in the arrival of Mashiach. 
His emunah in Mashiach's arrival was clear and simple. Yet, the same Chofetz Chaim who possessed such strong and clear emunah also worked very hard to maintain his emunah. He said that whenever he felt someone lacking in emunah, he would open up a chumash and begin to read, read through the first chapter of Parashat Bereshit to renew his emunah. He would begin with, in the beginning, Hashem created the heavens and the earth and review all the events until he felt his clarity of emunah again. Then he will return to his regular learning. The destruction that took place on the 10th of Teves was a total antithesis to the above. And why do, why, why do we want the Bektamidash? Many people know know about this, but how many people live it? In the times of Bektamidash, everyone felt it clearly and yearned all the time for even more closeness. Every day we daven for the return of the Bektamidash in the Shmona Esrei and in Berkas Hamazon. But in our own souls, we have to await it. Each person needs to wonder if he really has a yearning, if he really feels what he's missing without the Bektamidash. Do any of us have a yearning that it, it, that it be rebuilt? And if we do, why do you want it? Why do you want to rebuild? For what do we need it? We believe in the sages that there will be a third better midash as Hashem promised us through the words of His prophets and that it will be eternal. But for what do we need it? And first we have to yearn for it. Fasting Asarat Beteves is the basic level of observance and it's an obligation upon each and every Jew. But it's only the external part of this day. We need to infuse an internal meaning into this day besides for actually observing the fast. The internal part of our avoda on the 10th of Teves is that we need to wonder if we want the Beta Mikdash in addition to why we want it. The sages, the sages say clearly that all heavenly blessing comes to the world because of the Beta Mikdash. So if a person is missing livelihood, he might yearn for the Beta Mikdash so that he can find, be financially secured. Others are more spiritual than this and they may want the Beta Mikdash because they want atonement for their sins. Only someone who feels bothered and pain at his sins can relate to this yearning. And this is a higher level, higher than the first kind of person. But yet it's not the highest level to reach. A higher level is to yearn for the revelations of Torah that were available in the world because of the spiritual effects of the Bekta Mikdash. And even this isn't the highest level to yearn for, for the Bekta Mikdash. The truest reason to yearn for the Bekta Mikdash is as explained before because it was the revelation of Hashem's presence in the world. Some people don't care at all for the rebuilding of the Bekta Mikdash. They are, they are the worst results of the destruction. But even in those who do yearn for it, they need to know the reason why we should want to rebuild it. And we need to yearn for it because it enabled us to have more emuna and clear recognition of Hashem. So in conclusion, every person should yearn for a greater closeness with Hashem. And this should be the reason why we desire the rebuilding of the Bekta Midash. But it should not be limited to this. What that should be should be self-serving. It's about wishing for a world, a world where everyone, everyone in the whole world will know of Hashem. It should be a yearning for the betterment of the entire world. The more you will wait for the rebuilding of the Bektamidash for this reason, the more you will be truly yearning for the rebuilding of the Bektamidash. And just like just like a person misses his house when he leaves it and he wishes to return to it, so did we have a Betamidash, which was each Jew's true bias, his true home. And just as a person misses his home when he leaves it and wants to go back to it, so does a person. Each person needs to yearn to return to the house. 
in his own soul, the Bet Hamikdash, and that's our true home. That's our spiritual fort. That's where we all belong to. So every day when we damage Shmona Esrei, when we ask for the rebuilding of the Bet Hamikdash, let us think for just a moment about why we want it. Are we saying it because it's part of the, the text of the Shmona Esrei established by the men of the Great Assembly, or do we truly want the Bet Hamikdash to be rebuilt? Let us awaken in ourselves a true yearning for the Bet HaMidash and let us wonder why we want it. Why should we want it? We should truly yearn for its rebuilding but for the truest and innermost reason for its rebuilding. When, when that is how we yearn for it, we will certainly, certainly merit to see it rebuilt Bezat Hashem in our time. Azaku Baruch. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen Amen.